Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm your host, Lisa Good. Well, let's start off with a bit of news, shall we? You may or may not have heard about Twitter having the largest hack ever. Someone hacked into former President Obama's Twitter account, as well as Joe Biden's, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Apple, and a whole host of celebrities' accounts. Now, the news dropped on Friday that there are three people charged in the case, a 19-year-old, a 22-year-old, and a 17-year-old. Now, the 17-year-old is a Florida teen who's in Tampa, and he's currently sitting in jail. You see, around 6 a.m. on Friday morning, the FBI, IRS, U.S. Secret Service, and the Florida law enforcement knocked on Graham Clark's door and arrested him. Now, I'm pretty sure they didn't knock. Now, he's the mastermind in this hack. So basically what he did is he called and pretended to be work at Twitter in their IT department. And he basically socially engineered some of the Twitter employees into giving them their information, which is absolutely mind boggling in the first place that a technology company wouldn't have better processes and procedures in place, but they didn't. And then they also scoured the internet and did some other things, found some tools on the dark web to help them get into all these accounts. Now they did all of this to pull off a Bitcoin scam, believe it or not. You see, they believe that Bitcoin is anonymous and that they wouldn't be able to be traced. Maybe three years ago, but that's no longer the case. The government is now able to break and decode the blockchain on Bitcoin. So for any of you adults who are listening thinking, oh, I have Bitcoin and I'm safe, the government can't track me, well, you're wrong, they can. But the bigger issue on this is that if you're a parent and you have kids, you need to know this 17-year-old who just graduated high school in May has gone straight to jail and they intend to throw the book at him, not only for hacking, but for downloading the private DMs, that's direct messages, of the accounts that were breached, including a former U.S. president's. Now, word on the dark web that's, you know, the chatter on the dark web is that he may have sold some of that information as well. Now, I'm not seeing anywhere in the mainstream that's reporting that. Nobody's saying anything about that for right now. I'm sure they're trying to track down if that's true and where those messages went. These are private messages that the former president and Bill Gates and and executives at Apple would have had. So where am I going with this? And why does it matter to you? Well, if you've got a really tech smart kid, especially one who likes hacking, you need to make sure you get them into a hackers club that'll keep them out of trouble. One that will teach them to use their superpowers for good and not evil. You know, like Star Wars, you want them to stay away from the dark side. Check with your school, and if they don't have a hackers club, or they might not call it a hackers club, they might call it like um, coding or something like that. 
If you don't have something like that at your school, reach out to me and I'll provide you with some resources that'll help your kids develop the skills that they're good at and that they enjoy, but it will keep them from going down the wrong path or going down the dark side, as they say in Star Wars. All right, now that we've got that out of the way, will a COVID-19 waiver be coming to your school? Well, if your kids play sports or participate in extracurricular activities, possibly. As schools across the country start reopening, many officials have said that they want students, faculty, and staff to sign a COVID-19 liability waiver. It's basically a legal document waiving the right to sue the school in the event that they contract the virus. Now, elementary, middle, and high schools across the nation are coming under fire for having parents sign a COVID-19 waiver to play sports. And I gotta tell you parents, I understand this. And as unpopular as my opinion may be on this one, I think that that's okay because playing sports and extracurricular activities aren't a required part of your education. Now I realize that there are some of you out there who think that it is, but it's really not. You don't need to play basketball, football, soccer, or any of those things to get an education. They're just extra fun things that our kids get to do. Now, there are some schools requesting parents sign a waiver just to attend classes. At this time, we haven't seen that here in Tennessee, but that doesn't mean that it won't happen. However, if you have college-age kids, you should know, if you don't already, there are many colleges that are requiring students to sign a COVID waiver to come back to campus. And I personally believe that by the time school gets started for colleges and universities, that every college across the country will probably have some type of waiver for those that are going to attend class on campus instead of virtually. So with this year's school year turning into a mixed bag for parents, let's talk about one of the things that the pandemic brings out in kids, just about all of them. It's the sneaky, plotting, do anything they can to get online and play games or hang out on social media. Now, if you've ever seen the cartoon with the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, you know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, your typically good kids who follow the rules suddenly cave in and turn to the dark side, or they suddenly listen to the little devil sitting on their shoulder saying, oh, they're sleeping, they'll never know. Let's just hop on Snapchat. Now, while you would think that the majority of the offenders doing this are high school teenagers, that's not the case. So I wanna tell you about a mom, her name's Amy. She suspected something was up with her 12-year-old son when he began sleeping in later than usual. She assumed he was playing video games on his Nintendo Switch at night. But then she noticed that one of her old iPhones was missing. One night she walked into his room and saw him hide something under his covers. It was her old phone, which still worked on Wi-Fi. So by the way, parents, old phones, if you have Wi-Fi and they have access to an old phone, they can still surf the internet. So her son had created a new Apple ID to gain unrestricted access to Snapchat and to download all the other social apps, TikTok included. And what Amy said was when you took her old iPhone, when she took her old iPhone and looked through it, there were hundreds of kids communicating at 2 a.m. It wasn't just her kid up late at that time of night. There were hundreds of them talking back and forth. 
Um, one of the most frightening aspects, she said, is they were sending inappropriate photos, talking about things that range from pornography to gruesome stuff like murders and rapes. Yeah, it's not something I want my kids talking about at 2 a.m. with strangers. I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe you do. Then there's Jenna, who blocked YouTube from her 8-year-old daughter's Chromebook, and she had set up a 9 p.m. bedtime for the laptop through her Google Family Link account. One night, her husband came home after working a late-night shift and walked by Katie's room where he could see light coming from under her door. He opened her bedroom door to find her asleep with headphones on and the laptop beside her and YouTube videos of gamers still playing. So if you remember, we told you about how kids like to watch other gamers play their games on YouTube. So that's what she was doing. Now, Katie discovered that if she signed into her Chromebook as a guest, instead of using her personal login, that she could bypass the parental controls that her parents had set up. So just a heads up, parents, yes, um, kids can do that and they know how to do that. Now, Chromebook owners can disable guest browsing. So if you have a Chromebook, you can shut that feature off. It's pretty simple to do. And if you have a school-provided Chromebook, most of those should have the guest browsing feature automatically shut off. If yours doesn't, you may want to contact your, um, your school and ask for their IT department and ask them if they can please turn that off. A lot of those school-issued Chromebooks are locked down pretty tight, which is great. I applaud the schools that do that. But um, that also means that you can't make changes. So if they don't have that feature on and it's a school-issued Chromebook, you may not be able to turn that off. You may have to take it to the school and have them do it. So back to Katie. So Katie's parents locked the Chromebook up in their office at night. And her dad came home, I don't know, a few nights later, and he said, I walked past her door, and there she is again, asleep with a laptop. He said, I, I guess she figured out how to pick the lock. Couldn't believe it. So now what her parents do is they put the Chromebook and all of the other electronic devices in their bedroom closet on the top shelf. Is that not crazy? I think that's crazy. But you know what? If that's what they have to do to protect their daughter, who's eight, I'm all for that. Now, before you say, my kid would never do that, you may want to rethink that position. You know, kids today crave their technology. And if you think about it, so do adults. So just honestly and seriously, ask yourself when the last time was that you turned off your smartphone, put it in a drawer, walked away, and left it there for a full 24 hours. Yeah, see what I mean? Now, I've had parents of seven-year-olds tell me about finding their kids up in the middle of the night playing games on their tablets. Some parents are hiding the TV remotes and all electronics before they go to bed. Now here's the thing you have to realize if you have kids and technology. Kids have always been sneaky when it comes to tech, always. But during this time with COVID-19, they have more idle time they have more time on their devices and more access to their devices than they may have had in the past. So you've really got to be paying attention and not just if you have teenagers. Even the young kids are doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Now there are some experts out there who are saying that we parents are to blame for this. 
In fact, Michael Rich, the director of the Center on Media and Child Health at Boston's Children's Hospital says, and I quote, it's really all our, fa- all our fault. Here, here's exactly what he said. He says, I think the bigger issue that preexisted the pandemic is that we've taken the wrong approach to kids' time online. It's a holdover from the early days of television when we called it the idiot box or the boob tube. We came at it from a direction of right and wrong, good and bad. We need to be conscious of what they're doing online and help them learn to use technology effectively, not police them and control them and restrict them, which they naturally will rebel against. Okay, I'm I'm just going to call baloney and hogwash on that. If we were to use Mr. Rich's logic of we aren't supposed to control them or restrict them, our kids, then does that mean we we shouldn't teach our kids not to smoke, drink, or do drugs? We should help them do all those things effectively as well if they want to, because if we keep them from doing those things, they'll rebel against us? What about stealing or bullying? Should we restrict them from those things? You know, you'd be called a bad, derelict, or neglect parent if you let your kids do those things. You might even end up in jail or have your kids taken away from you. But yet, if you want to restrict, control, protect when it comes to technology, all of a sudden, you're a bad parent. Well, no, I don't think so. This whole thing is called parenting. So this man either doesn't have kids or is partially funded by big tech meaning any of the studies that he's doing are paid for by those companies. Therefore, he'd never say, too much time online is really bad for kids. It's bad for their self-image, and it's bad for them mentally. Now, that's the truth. And look, as I've said many times before, the technology itself isn't good or evil. It's how it's used. And it's okay if you want to let your kids have social media. They're your kids, and it's your choice as a parent. I just think that you should know what you're getting into, what can happen, and that you may want to have controls in place to help monitor and protect your kids. I believe that you should have all the knowledge you can to make an informed decision about what you do when it comes to your kids and technology, and that the information should come from someone who isn't in big tech's back pocket. And that's what I do. That's why I do what I do every week. I give you the information as best I can, and I leave it up to you to decide what to do with it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today. All right, we're back. School is about to kick off in the next few weeks for most of us, and many schools are giving parents the option of in-person learning all online learning, or a mix of the two. So now is a good time to verify that all that technology that's humming under your roof is as secure as possible. Here are the top three things you should do. Number one, secure your family technology. That means run an overall security check. 
Taking an inventory of all your family's connected devices and their security should be as important as keeping your doors locked and keeping batteries in your smoke alarms. Your family's safety depends on it. You want to make sure you're protected from malware, viruses, phishing attacks, and those wonderful malicious websites that your kids or your spouse always seems to wander onto. And don't forget about all the other devices hanging around the house, like your smart TVs, your smart appliances, that ring doorbell, and your kids' smart toys. You want to make sure you've done an inventory of everything in your house that's technology or connects to the internet or Wi-Fi. Number two, review all parental controls. This year, device use will likely skyrocket under your roof. There's really no way around it. Kids will be online for school as well as for fun. Now, you may already have some filtering on some devices and social media, but it may be time to bring on some additional filtering software. If your kids are doing school full-time from home this year, or even part of the year, software with time limit controls can make scheduling family breaks together much more manageable, especially if you are also working from home. And it's really better to start this now if you don't have it in place already. All right, that takes us to number three, secure your home router. Your router is similar to your family's front door. It keeps strangers and bad guys out. Now, if you haven't changed your password on this device in a while, or maybe like never, now's a great time to change the locks, which are your passwords, on this critical entryway into your home. Also, if you're working from home, make sure your home network aligns with your company's security expectations. The last thing you wanna do is have something happen security-wise on a computer at your house that you access your work from. That could be really bad. Now, this school year is a new frontier for all of us. It's like kind of like the wild, wild west. But with the right tools and the proper support around you, you can do this. We want you and your family to stay healthy, to stay happy, and to stay secure during this new adventure. Now I wanna shift gears and talk about gaming and not about how predators are lurking on the chats, although that is true. I wanna talk about gaming and cybercrime. Again, with the likelihood of kids spending more time online this fall and winter, it's important to teach them what to look out for and how to not get scammed, especially your younger kids. See, the good news is that most teenagers realize that there are bad guys and criminals on their favorite games, like Fortnite, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Red Redemption 2, Spider-Man, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. The not so good news is that most teens still aren't practicing the best online habits, like not reusing passwords across multiple accounts. And then the really bad news is that the average gamer has experienced almost five cyber attacks due to poor security habits. That would include your kids in that average gamers. And we don't want your kids to be in the average category. Now here are five common gaming scams your kids need to be on the lookout for. Number one, online cheats or downloads. Gamers love to get an edge on their favorite game. 
So when they go search online for cheats or someone sends them a link for a cheat or a download, they jump all over it. In one click, a fake cheat can lead to malware, ransomware, Bitcoin theft, if they or you have that, credit card theft, or complete identity theft. Number two, fake apps. Scammers are capitalizing on kids' favorite games, like an example is Red Dead Redemption 2, and their lack of money or parental permission by luring users to download the game for free. These games either trick them into divulging their personal information or put spyware on their device so that the bad guys can secretly steal their information. Remind your kids, if they come across a download offer that seems too good to be true, it probably is. Number three, fraudulent trades. Now, many games often include extras that a gamer can buy for their characters, such as weapons, armor, skins, or clothing. Some scammers will offer to purchase or trade items outside of the platform and then dupe the buyer through a phishing link that gains access to their, or in most cases with your kids, your credit card information. So it's really important that your kids realize that they shouldn't be trading outside of the game platform. Number four, impersonation and catfishing. Some scammers go to great lengths to access a gamer's personal information, especially if they are new to the game. They will befriend a gamer and over time gain their trust and then try to take advantage of the friendship by requesting help with in-app purchases. Like they might say, oh, you know, my mom hasn't given me my allowance this week. Can you front me the money for a week? Or can you, can you front me those things for just a week? Or they may even ask to use your kid's login to play. They might say, hey, I learned this really secret trick or this secret way around. And if you give me your login, I'll log in as you and take you to that level. So you want your kids to be wary of that stuff. But what, the, what they're really trying to do is they're trying to get access to your kid's personal information. And then there's number five, account takeovers. Now this scam is when a hacker gains access to a legitimate player's account, usually a popular player, and then blocks that user from accessing his or her account and uses that account to send out spam emails, fake offers, and malicious links. So here are some gaming safety tips. One, don't reuse passwords. It may take a minute or two longer to log into their favorite games, but there's a significant layer of protection when you use a unique password for each of your online accounts. And this includes games. Reusing passwords allows a hacker to gain access to multiple accounts once you've been compromised. I've seen parents use a password that they can remember for their kids' games, and it's also the password for their online banking or credit cards. Don't do that. If your kids get scammed, one of the first things the criminal's going to do is see if they can get into any of your accounts. Number two, use a firewall. If you've got kids or anyone else in the house who's a gamer, you need a firewall to block would-be attackers from gaining access to your devices and your home network, including those uh, ring doorbells that you have. Now, if you have a firewall and you haven't changed the password on it in a long time, or you've never changed the password on it, you should do that. 
all the non-commercial grade firewalls have default passwords that are listed online somewhere. And I promise you the bad guys know where to find them. Don't make it easy for them to get in and take advantage of you or your family. Number three, be smart when clicking. You know, gaming is immersive. If you've ever watched your kids or any adult, like your husband maybe, seriously playing a game, you know that you'd have to blow an air horn right beside them to shake them loose from the game and bring them back to reality. The bad guys know that players are focused on the game and most have their guard down. Remind your kids that they should never impulsively click on links and messages from people they don't know. One wrong click can lead to malware, ransomware, or other phishing schemes. Now, just a word of caution. When it comes to gaming, actively playing the games aren't the only places your kids can be targeted by scammers and criminals. Kids today watch others playing games on YouTube and Twitch, and the bad guys know it. It's easy for them to put ads up with bogus offers or links that will install spyware after they're clicked on. Now, while the gamers make money on the ads that show up on their YouTube videos, most of the time they don't control every single ad that shows up. So make sure when you're talking to your kids about this that you don't slam the gamer who they're watching. You have to remember that your kids look up to these players. They are like their heroes and talking bad about them won't do you any good, especially when your kids probably already know that the gamers don't control every ad or link that's shown. It only will reinforce the belief that mom and dad are old and out of it. They just don't know what they're talking about, so I'm not gonna listen to them. Remember, teaching your kids to be wise when watching others playing on these sites is critical today, and you wanna make sure that you're speaking the right language. Also, make sure your kids know that if they've clicked on something that wasn't right or catch a scammer in a game, that they should come to you or another adult immediately so that you can take action before it's too late, especially if they clicked on something. And if they've clicked on something, you may need to contact a professional. If it's someone in a game, then you should contact the game's developers or support immediately to help stop the spread of the scam and shut the cybercrime down and protect the other players on the game. Just about all the big name games have a real-time online chat for support, so it's not difficult to get a hold of somebody. All right, now I saved this, this topic for last. All right, I saved this topic for last. If you have older kids, you know that they love podcasts, especially podcasts that include celebrities. Even adults like those podcasts. You know, I personally enjoy the podcast that Mike Rowe has out. You know, the guy from Dirty Jobs. It's, it's good, it's thought-provoking, and it's funny. Well, there's a new podcast out called Dirty Diana featuring Demi Moore. The podcast is described as scripted erotica. I will tell you that from just reading the description of what this podcast is about, that it should be labeled as adult entertainment. That's apparently not the way that iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the other podcast sites see it. And to quote Demi Moore, she says, it's not porn. Porn feels very manufactured, where erotica feels more authentic. Hmm, okay, it sounds all the same to me. 
Now, Demi says that she aims to school the public on sex with the podcast. And the future plans are to take the podcast and turn them into mini-series. Now, the fans are already pushing, and there are rumored talks with Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, and HBO to produce this series. If you have kids that are avid podcast listeners like I do, you may want to take a peek at what they're listening to, especially if they search for new podcasts or they like to check out the top podcasts because this one is creeping its way up the charts and it will be in the top five soon enough. Now, I know that parenting in today's digital world is challenging and difficult, but remember, we're all in this together and with a little help, you can do this. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.